0: Thanks for joining me on this Cleveland Baseball Morning. The final from Comerica Park in Detroit. It's the last time for the 2023 season. It's the Detroit Tigers 5, the Cleveland Guardians 2. I'm Davey Barris, lifelong Cleveland baseball fan, and I want to talk about the actual game on the field. The thing I enjoy, watching baseball being played. However, on a beautiful, beautiful fall Sunday in Cleveland, you cannot waste these days inside. You have Got to go out and experience Cleveland in the fall. We hit up one of the local farms and then did the, all the, the festival stuff and, and spent time outside and went for a hike in Cuyahoga National, Valley National Park and squeezed in a little bit of football watching and a little baseball watching all in between all of that. I saw most of the beginning of this game and then uh kind of had to tune out as the game wrapped up. I actually missed a lot of the Miguel Cabrera stuff and had to go back and uh see what they did for him. Um so, uh the, the Guardians did not finish strong. They do not. They they lose the series to the Tigers. They lose 2 out of 3. It was a it's a pretty weak game offensively. I the highlight of the night is literally it's it's a Brian Rocchio fielder's choice for an RBI, and it's Tyler Freeman absolutely launching one into left field again. What has gotten into Tyler Freeman? Uh somebody ate his Wheaties before the game. 103.6 miles per hour, 27-degree launch angle, 392. Uh a ball pulled into left field, 29 out of 30 ballparks. Baltimore, Jesus, Baltimore. How far did they have to make that left field fence? it would not have been a home run in baltimore which is just ridiculous. All right. Uh before we get into more into the storylines of this game and yeah, we're going to talk I mean briefly about this game and I got a few things I want to bring up as we wrap up the season here. But I just want to let you know that uh what's going to happen from here is we do tend to uh, slow things down here on Cleveland Baseball Mornings During the off season. It's kind of been uh, the way we do things You know, we go so hard during the season I go so hard during the season Trying to keep, uh, keep the podcast going Get you a live episode uh, for every game uh, You know, a few times this season We've had to summarize things in a series format And things like that just to make it work But I do slow down a little bit during the offseason and take a little bit of a break. Now, that's not to say that Cleveland Baseball Mornings is completely going away. No, 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 no. We will still be here to talk anything that happens during the offseason. So, uh, you know, I don't do, you know, a lot of people have to fill during the offseason, right? I feel terrible for the, the team that do the lockdown, and they have to do a podcast every single day no matter what, like they're, they're under contract with the company to do a podcast every single day. There's just not that much to talk about in the offseason. Like, it's you can vamp. I could get on here and vamp every day. But, like, the reason I do this podcast is because I find something to talk about within the baseball game, right? There's something to talk about in every game. And, uh, there's just, there's just, it's not that tr- tr- not like that in the off season. There's just isn't. <laughs> so I'm not going to waste your time and I'm not going to waste my time. When things happen, I will be here. I will be here to talk baseball with you. So as the roster changes during the off season, you'll see an episode as the coaching decision comes down this off season, you will see an episode. Uh, as we hit big mile markers, basically you're gonna see an episode once or twice, a, once or twice a month. That's that's pretty much. If those of you who have been following me for a few seasons now, I think you can all agree that's, that's pretty much what we've been doing uh, during the off season. And before you know it, before you know it, it's gonna be like late February, and they're gonna be ramping up spring training, and then we do our weekly episodes in spring training. And then we, uh, we come back live with that first game of the season. So, uh, yeah, yeah. Uh, Cleveland Baseball Mornings not going away, but uh, we are going to slow things down during the offseason. So, uh, who knows? Uh, they have their first managerial interview uh, coming up. A San Francisco Chronicle was announcing that their bullpen coach, uh, Craig Albernaz, who used to be a uh, like a minor league catcher in I think Detroit system and Tampa Bay system, has bounced around in a while for a while. Coached a little bit of, of minor league baseball, uh, yeah, has been coaching at the major league level with San Francisco. Apparently, he's already scheduled uh, an interview here in Cleveland. So Craig Albernaz, uh, he's he's like a four, I think they said forty-one years old, forty years old, um. Yeah. So of course, of course it's a catcher. Of course it's a former catcher. They're apparently the only ones that can become managers as former catchers. So uh, the first of many, I am sure. The first name of many. Um, All right. So let's get into this actual game. What went down in this one? Well, it was just a big celebration for Miguel Cabrera, frankly. Uh, He didn't get a big hit in this one, although. He had He's had plenty of doubles in this series. Like, he got some hits in this series. Instead, he gets to go in defensively and make a fine defensive play and uh, uh, beat Quan to the bag at first base after fielding a ground ball and uh, then gets the walk-off. And his family comes out and gives him hugs and... Uh, it's a nice moment that the fans really, really get to celebrate him, especially when he ran out into the field by himself there at first base. And he kind of had the field to himself. It was a nice moment. And you, you forget, you forget, you know, you look at the player and you love or hate the player, right? Maybe they tortured your team. Maybe they didn't, but, uh, you forget there's more to a person than just them, right? Like there's a whole family. There's three kids there. Uh, that are looking up to their dad and watching their dad retire, and it's it's an emotional moment. You you got to appreciate that. I thought it was cool that their the kids got to get into the booth and announce him for his uh, first at bat of the day. Clearly, a special moment for him. You know, hearing his kids' voices over the PA, and you know we got to celebrate Terry Francona in our final home game. You know, our final series. So. You know, this one clearly belonged to Detroit, and it clearly belonged to the Detroit fans celebrating Miguel Cabrera. And, uh, we were, we were, ju- we were just a footnote in that. Um, and, you know, a lot of people said goodbye, uh, around baseball today. I don't remember this many goodbyes to, like, guys that have played for a ridiculous amount of time. You had Crawford in San Francisco, you had Wainwright in St. Louis, you had, um, uh, granky in Kansas City who who I, I think got into the game for a second in relief. but yeah, it, it was just interesting to see how each team kind of treated their farewell uh, moment for each player. Uh, I thought Wainwright's was hilarious because the his I don't know if it was his wife or or who it was. I'm assuming it was his wife, brought out his retirement present, which was a puppy. They got him a puppy. To keep him company in retirement. Um, which his kids seemed very excited about. Um, they immediately swallowed the puppy up in hugs. So uh, that dog is definitely going to a home where it will be loved. Which, you know, as a dog owner myself, that's it's nice to see. Um, they, they're the best. I, I love dogs. Um, cats are okay. If you're a cat person, it's okay. It's, uh, they're, they're cool too. But man, dogs are special. So uh a cool a cool moment there in St. Louis. So yeah, cool moments all around baseball. Um there was a sad there's a sad news story out there that uh Tim Wakefield passed away. And uh so you know, he he takes the big retirement and uh leaves us at I think he was only in his 50s, like 57 years old. So that's that's sad news. That's bad news. Tim Wakefield was the guy who I mean, absolutely frustrated you when he pitched against you, right? That knuckleball just, it it will forever be legendary. I think each generation has one guy that they're like, oh, that's the knuckleball guy, right? Like each generation kind of has that guy. And I mean, not many of them did it for as long and as great as Wakefield did it. So, uh, you know, that's sad to see... uh, uh, to see, uh, you know that he passed away there. So uh, that's what was going around Major League Baseball today. A lot of goodbyes were going around Major League Baseball. So uh, how did this game actually go down? Well, Lucas Giolito did not have a good start. Uh, his final start, I'm guessing, his final start as a Cleveland Guardian. I, I don't. You know, a few a few weeks ago when he had that good start, I thought maybe. Maybe Carl Willis has got something here, but no, he gives up five innings pitch. He gives up seven hits, five runs, four walks, four strikeouts, one home run given up on 106 pitches. He is hard hit one, two, three, four, five, six, seven times, and he just didn't have it. Giolito just didn't have it. Um, yeah, he that fastball. It's just it's. The changeup is not strong. The fastball, he doesn't locate well. They hit the fastball hard. They average 95.7 off the fastball. Um, yeah, they, they did not swing and miss a ton. Only a 22% whiff rate on that changeup. Frankly, he's got to induce some weaker contact on that fastball, and he's got to get more swing and miss on that changeup. It's just a bad combination of pitches right now. Like aside from Miguel Cabrera not many people were swinging and whiffing at that changeup. So um yeah, yeah, I I don't see the Guardians bringing back Lucas Giolito. There's just there's just way too much pitching depth here already in the franchise, already on the team with so many rookies. I Giolito's probably going to have to catch on with like I'm Uh, a minor league contract with an invite to spring training i I don't see anyone spending money to bring in lucas giolito at this point in his career so i mean all these guys all these guys that we brought in ramon laureano uh, uh cole calhoun uh matt moore obviously is already gone uh and then uh Ronaldo Lopez is the one that would make sense to bring back, but he's also going to be the one that's probably the most expensive to bring back. So uh, he might be walking too. So all of these new names and new faces, it kind of felt like they were just here to get us through to the end of the season. I I don't see them bringing Cole Calhoun back. Unless they want to bring him back as like a a bench coach or something like that. I don't see them bringing Cole Calhoun back. Um, Ramon Laureano is interesting because he has a... I think he's still arbitration eligible, but, I mean, what are you bringing back, 224 hitter with a 675 OPS? Like, what are you bringing that back for? He's not the same hitter he was, Ramon Laureano. So, why waste the roster spot there? Wouldn't you rather see George Valera get a shot at that roster spot instead of Ramon Laureano? So, yeah. So, I mean, there's a lot of guys in this game that it's just not worth talking about. Um, Josh Naylor is someone worth talking about. He goes two for four on the day, has a double, uh, hard hit four hard hit balls. Three of the top four hard hit balls on the day belong to Josh Naylor alone. Him and Matt Vierling were going off. Vierling has the other two out of the top five. Um, and Vierling had a great day. He had three hits, two doubles, two runs scored, two RBIs, and a home run. My God, Vierling was slugging in this one uh the third baseman for Detroit so Naylor uh we were joking a little bit that maybe Jose could catch him for the OPS lead maybe even his brother Bo but no uh he definitely holds on an 843 OPS will lead the Guardians into the offseason as well will a 308 batting average now it's unfortunate he had just under 500 at bats for the season, uh, 495 uh, at bats. So he doesn't qualify for the batting titles or anything like that. Uh, but if you did sort it, uh, if you did sort it by uh, 450 plate appearances or more, um, he would have fallen. He would have fallen as far as batting average is concerned, fourth in the American League, behind Corey Seeger at 330, and Yandy Diaz, who tied at 330 for the batting title. Uh Bobachette at 307 and then Josh Naylor at 30. Uh they got him at 306 here in Fangraphs. Of course, this hasn't updated. So it's actually 308. So he he might have passed Bobachette. I don't know what Bobachette did on the day. I'm gonna I'm gonna stall really quick while I find uh Bo went one for four. He finishes with a 306 batting average, so Naylor would have. Naylor would have finished third in the American League in batting average. And no matter what, even though he didn't get the plate appearances, uh, he still had a phenomenal, phenomenal season. Uh, he would have, as far as OPS goes, uh, what did he finish as far as OPS goes? He finished with an 843. 3, uh, which puts him somewhere, uh, he probably would have stayed right around 11th place in the American League, uh, very respectable right there, uh, as far as WRC Plus goes, obviously this number would be adjusted slightly, but uh, right now he was 14th, so he'd finish uh, b- between 10 and 14th, basically, um, as far as WRC Plus goes on fan graphs. So, yeah, why not war? Let's throw war in there, too. Um, Shohei Otani still leads in war, even though he didn't get to finish out the season. Uh, Jose Ramirez is seventh in war at 5.2. Uh, for some reason, Josh Naylor actually was way down there on war. Uh, I don't know why. He's he's in out of the top 30. Uh, he's 35th. Uh, they actually have him a negative defensive WAR, so he takes a little hit defensively there, and ends up with a 2.4 uh, WAR uh, in the American League. So, um, yeah, I, it's a really, really strong season from Josh Nealer, and you just again, you hope that guy. It's not that you can't play baseball at his weight, like you can. He's just. Yeah, I hope he gets in shape so that he doesn't miss time with things like oblique injuries and things like that. And yeah, I just, I want to see what, I want to see what the best version of Josh Naylor can be. And uh, who knows, who knows what kind of work he's going to get a chance to put in during the offseason and what kind of guy could come back. But I mean, you you got to right now at this point, Naylor, is one of the best hitters in the American League. Like easily, hands down. And so uh, to finish off the season like this with the four hard hit balls with the two hits on the day, it's nice to see him just finish this thing out strong. Uh, So that was the big thing going on. Again, I'm I'm not even going to harp on the pitching because Giolito's not going to be here. Our bullpen didn't give up any runs on the day. Uh, Tyler Freeman with kind of the random power there um uh, Freeman has never hit many home runs. It would be his uh I believe his fourth home run on the season. Uh he's never hit even in the minors. He hit the most he hit was last year in Columbus. He hit six home runs. So Tyler Freeman is not going to turn in to a major power hitter. It is surprising uh to see him get those hits, uh get those big home runs. Um uh, in this these final games here against Detroit I was wondering, did all the home runs he hit this season come on, like, inside pitches? Nope. He hit a curveball out over the plate off of uh, uh, Ryu. Uh, and then he uh, hit a fastball out over the plate from Bent, Brent Hedrick. Uh, I don't even know what game that was. It was uh, against Minnesota. So, yeah. Uh, Freeman obviously is not going to you know, not going to be someone you count on as a power hitter, but you you gotta. I mean, he hit those things over four hundred feet. I if if there is a power hitter in there, it would be interesting interesting to see if someone could develop it. Uh, Tyler Freeman again. Don't forget, he came in the competitive round B. Like this guy is basically a f- borderline first second round pick for us back in twenty seventeen just like there were high hopes on nolan jones there has been high hopes for a long time on tyler freeman now again he fits into that stephen kwan uh, will brennan style Miles straw style of hitter where he's gonna use the middle of the field and he's gonna shoot the alleys and he's gonna go for a high batting average in theory in theory so he's not the solution when it comes to power but he is an option uh, up the middle of the field, and I think he's always going to remain an option as the utility player. Like He could have a long career as a utility player because he could play all three of those positions very well defensively. Still 24 years old. So absolutely, Tyler Freeman in a different decade would just be, just be sniffing the majors right now. And he's got 254 plate appearances under his belt heading into next year. So, yeah, it'd be interesting to see how Tyler Freeman shakes out. It's actually going to lead me into my emailers here. And uh, we've got uh, Bob in Highland Heights uh, who is thinking about that shortstop uh, solution. Uh, He said, uh, I agree the shortstop solution will be internal. 2024 shortstop second base combo options I see are Arias at short, Jimenez at second, Rokio is short, Jimenez at second, or Jimenez at short and Freeman at second. That scenario features three players not named Jimenez, one of which will win, one of which will likely be traded, and one who will be the fourth infielder. I'm open to being surprised by Tanya Brito at second base in 2025 is also out there somewhere. Uh, minor league batting averages should not be ignored. Freeman and Rokio have shown that they can hit for average in the minors. Arias has not. I wonder if Arias would have benefited big time by a full year at Columbus. Yeah, it it would be interesting, Bob. I hear what you're saying. If maybe the roles for Rokio and Arias had been reversed, and Rokio had gotten the first crack at it, and Arias had been the one bouncing back and forth between Columbus and the majors all season, Yes, I I agree. Uh, and unfortunately, Arias with that injury, you hope he gets enough time to train this off season and come back strong and show us what that exit velocity can do. You know, over a full season, because there is exciting in uh, hitter in there. Uh, somebody makes the joke. Oh, Bob in Highland Heights had followed up with another email. He said, "Sad to see the season end. Absolutely typical loss. Two runs, not to mention sticking too long with Giolito. I note the home run by Freeman. In my opinion, a new manager from outside the organization would go with Freeman Jimenez as the second base shortstop combo. The above said, I have no doubt Arias would star someday in Tampa. A uh, Failure to resolve the middle infielder roster is damning to our front office. Uh, yeah, I, I, that's the fear, right? The fear is Arias is, would catch on with another team. Is someone like Tampa who's smart enough to utilize him? And turn himself into a power hitter the way Yandy Diaz has. And so, yeah, it's really, really hard to give up on any of these guys. Which is why we're not asking the front office to give up on these guys. We're asking them to use the assets they have to improve the team. Trade one of these guys. Don't give up on them. Uh, Make the right trade and get something back. Get something back better than Tobias Myers who never pitched for you or uh uh, you know for yanny diaz it it kind of worked out as jake bowers and that was a disaster here so uh trade these guys for something real something we can sink our teeth into and someone who could be part of the core in the outfield so uh Jeff from Columbus, Jeff with a G checking in. He says, Hi, Davey, game 162, not that interesting. I didn't really pay attention. Had the radio broadcast on in the background, doing some work around the house and prepping for dinner. All the best to Miguel Cabrera. I wish him well in his post-baseball playing career. MVP to Quan for hitting a grounder to Miggy and giving him his farewell moment. Are you going to podcast during the offseason on any regular basis? Uh, I think I already answered that for you, Jeff. Well, thanks for the fun season. I'm super thankful I found the podcast. I look forward to the team naming and manager, making some off-season moves, and moving forward to spring training. Shout out to the morning people, and farewell for now. Thanks, Jeff in Columbus. Thank you, Jeff. You've been a really solid contributor. I've enjoyed your conversations, your tough questions, even your reports from uh, Clippers games down there in Columbus. So, Uh, Thank you, you and Bob uh, on Highland Heights. Both, thank you for uh, joining uh, the show and being such consistent emailers here uh, this season. Uh, And then Marlon, uh, our most reliable emailer. uh, You can set your clock by Marlon's email coming in about 20 minutes after a game ends. Uh, He says, hi, Davey. Well, it's only fitting this sorry season ended with a whimper. The Bad News Guardians lost the season series 4-9 to to the Tigers and finished in third place, their lowest in the AL Central since finishing third in 2015. But they had an 81-80 record that year. I thought the Guardians would come out and play with some passion and try to send Tito out on a high note, but similar to yesterday, the Tigers wanted this game for Miggy. Uh, I wanted them to win, not just for Tito, but to spoil Miggy's farewell. I have a great deal of respect for Miggy and enjoyed watching him the past couple of decades. But I'll admit to being thrilled the Guardians retired Big Poppy with a sweep in the 2016 playoffs. Yeah, Marlon, I, I told you. I, I feel like la- last series, the home series was our send off to Tito, and this one just belonged to Miggy and the Tigers. Sorry, we we just had to take a back seat to them. Uh, I'm glad and kind of surprised the umpire stayed out of things this weekend by not calling any absurd pitch clock violations. Um, It seems like yesterday he was the phenomenal 20-year-old rookie who took the league by storm and helped the Marlins upset the Yankees in the 2003 World Series. Like Tito, Miggy has given a lot to this game. I've criticized Tito a great deal this year, but he's meant a lot to this franchise and has rejuvenated our love and belief that Cleveland can win a World Series. I salute them both for a wonderful career and tip my cap to them. Bravo, Miggy, bravo Tito. See you in Cooperstown. Uh he he was not happy with Giolito. He says I, I would have rather seen Thor pitch for the last two months than Giolito. Uh, it's interesting that straw sat on the bench today, despite being one of the hottest bats on the team in the past 10 days or so, uh, straws hit very well and hopefully it unlocks something, but in reality, I suspect fool's gold. Yeah, it's always really, really hard. It really is fool's gold to take the last week of the season into any kind of consideration. Like you have to look at the body of the work. You, you cannot be a prisoner of the moment for the last week of the season. How many times have we done that with Browns football teams where it's like they win the last two games of the season and go 4-12, and 12, and you're like, ooh, but look what happened in those last two games. Ah, are they on to something? No, they never are. They never are. And you can't do it with baseball either. Uh, he, he tried to make a joke. I've skipped this joke two emails in a row, Marlon. I'm not throwing it in there. He says, we'll see what the front office has in store for this offseason, although I'm not convinced they'll make any drastic or significant changes that are necessary to improve and win, or Dolan will spend the money. We will have to wait and see. Thanks again for all your hard work this season, Davey. It was great hearing your thoughts, as well as the thoughts of the other emailers, such as Jeff and Columbus, Jeff in Palo Alto, and Bob from Highland Heights. You all were the highlight of this pitiful, disappointing season. So dark and negative, Marlon. While I'm glad this miserable debacle of a season is over, it was great hearing from all of you. I tip my hat to all of you, Marlon in Birmingham. I t- <laughs> Marlon is the only one that can go so positive and so negative in the same sentence. Uh, Marlon, thank you. Thank you for your contributions, your enthusiasm, your deep dives, your stats that you bring to the podcast. So uh, thank you to Marlon in Birmingham. So that wraps things up. Our final game of the 2023 season. Yes, this season did not go the way we thought it would. Was it a miserable debacle of a season like Marlon said? No, no, come on. Come on. We had fun. We had moments. We had exciting walk-off wins. We had Bo Naylor and Gabriel Arias and Brian Rocchio developing in front of our eyes uh, you know, we have guys we love on this team, like Quan, like Josh Naylor, uh, guys that we really, really hope, uh, continue to lead us into the future. So, yes. And, you know, we, we got the bond together over our hate of Mike Zanino. Who knew Mike Zanino would become public enemy number one in Cleveland for a point there during the summer, but... He was. I mean, there was nobody who the city of Cleveland would have rather ran out of town uh, than Mike Zanino. And uh, so I'm sure Zanino will continue to be a joke and a a podcast topic of conversation for many future free agent signings. Right? We we will consider them, if they turn out just as bad, we will consider them another Zanino situation. So it happens. It's the game of baseball. You know it's going to happen again uh so yeah so there are plenty of things to celebrate uh from the 2023 season it was one heck of a ride with you and remember there were moments in this season where we were tied for first place and it looked it looked like we were actually going to take the division for a while we we would lose a series we should have swept and we'd sweep a series we should have lost like it, it it never makes sense it never goes the way you think it will That's why we play the game. That's why I don't just do a podcast about, oh, what's wrong with the Dolans? Why don't they spend money? I do a podcast about the game because that's the most interesting thing. Not the cheap owners or the, uh, you know, uh, whatever drama goes on in the off, off the field. What's the most interesting thing about baseball is the thing that happens between those two foul lines. It's the stuff that happens on the field. And, uh, yeah, I appreciate the fact that all of you out there listening and the the listenership for Cleveland Baseball Mornings has only grown over the four seasons that we've been doing this. I can't believe this is our fourth season already. Um, but yeah, we've added new people, we've added in new emailers, we've grown, we've expanded, uh... And we've done it by talking about the actual game of baseball, the thing we all love. So hang on, you know, it's going to suck a little bit not being part of this postseason. I'm sure I'll probably still throw a postseason game on here and there just because it's really the only thing we throw on the TV when the little guys, you know, around and playing in the living room. So uh, it's an easy thing to throw on that doesn't suck him in and make him a TV zombie which there are some kids his age that are already TV zombies. Uh, So it's a safe thing to throw on. So I'll probably put some playoff games on and watch it, but I definitely will not be as locked in without the Guardians being there. Uh, With that being said, if you're curious at all about my playoff predictions, uh, it's not a prediction. I'm not going to make a prediction because whatever you think is going to happen, aside from the Minnesota Twins hopefully getting swept out of the first round because that seems to happen every year, um, don't, exp- it's, it's going to be the unexpected, but I would like to see a team like Baltimore, like Tampa Bay, a team that you just, you feel has been doing it right all season. I worry that Baltimore, if they're going to have the pitching, like they're just going to have to out hit people all postseason. I would like to see them go up against one of these juggernauts from the NL in LA and Atlanta. Uh, it just, Atlanta has had such an insane season. Look, they they tied the record for the most home runs in the season. I think they set the record for the most RBIs in the season. I mean, if anything is an indication that Cleveland just has to add power this offseason. You have to add 100 home runs this offseason. Or maybe 50. Maybe can you add 50 home runs this offseason? You just, look at Atlanta. They've been dominating the game of baseball all season. They have to be, I mean, if you took all, what is it, 12 of these teams and shuffled them up, Atlanta would still be the number one team in this postseason. And they've done it with power, insane levels of power, and a pretty good pitching staff behind that. So it would be fun to see one of these young upstart teams like Tampa Bay, like Baltimore, go at it against, uh, Atlanta. It'd be fun. That's what I'm, that's what I'm rooting for. I hope to see that. Uh, Texas too, a little bit. Texas, Texas has some juice. Houston, I'm so sick of Houston. I, I hope those guys get bounced. Uh, somehow they win the division and end up getting the buy in the first round. Texas lets them buy and lets them have the division. Ah, Texas, come on. Um, but I don't want to see Houston. Obviously, I don't want to see Minnesota. They're our division rivals. I'm not rooting for them. Uh, the Blue Jays would be interesting. I just I don't know if the Blue Jays have the gas to get there. Uh, they are the sixth seed in these playoffs. So uh, that's what I'm looking forward to. And uh, yeah, yeah, give me Tampa Bay Atlanta or Baltimore Atlanta. And I, I think we'd have a really, really fun high-scoring series uh, with a lot of big swings. So, uh, that's all my thoughts. Thanks for joining me. 162 games. Thanks for joining me on this Cleveland Baseball Morning. You can... F- oh, oh whoa, whoa, whoa. The last game. How am I not going to do MVP on the day for the last game? Maybe we'll do MVP for the season on like a wrap-up episode. But MVP for the day, I'm giving it to Tyler Freeman for his big blast solo home run uh if there's a somehow a power hitter in there somewhere uh let's find it during the offseason because uh this series he has two big blasts out the left field in detroit and they were big boy home runs they cleared those bullpens out there in left field so uh tyler freeman you are getting the final mvp on the day all right that is all my thoughts on this cleveland baseball morning the final again it's Detroit sending Miguel Cabrera off into the sunset with a 5-2 win over the Cleveland Guardians. You can follow me on Twitter at Davey Barris. You can email the show at clevelandbaseballmornings at gmail.com. The inbox is absolutely open during the offseason, so you'll you'll know when I'm coming with a new episode. You'll feel it. There will be Guardians news in the air, and you'll know I'll be coming with an episode, so hit me up on email when you want to this winter, and I will, I will definitely respond when we come back and do a broadcast. Uh, so, ClevelandBaseballMornings at gmail.com. Thank you. Thank you, all the morning people. Thank you for joining me on this Cleveland Baseball Morning.